0: HR leaders, what's on your mind these days? Is it AI? Is it the economy? The talent market? Remote work? Retention? DEI? Pay transparency? New laws? Our 2024 Workplace Trends Report outlines how HR leaders are thinking about these challenges and what they believe will help their organizations overcome them. Want to find out what they said? Head on over to peoplemanagingpeople.com forward slash Workplace Trends 2024 and download the report to find out.
1: So to me, to be a leader is to inspire people towards a vision. And that vision might be a small, short, simple vision or a really big vision. But it's all about inspiring people who want to follow you towards some goal, some vision that you have. So it's not about a role. It's about you know, a way of being that anyone can, can practice and, and build the skills to do.
0: Welcome to the People Managing People podcast. We're on a mission to build a better world of work and to help you create happy, healthy, and productive workplaces. I'm your host, Tim Reitzbaum. I heard once long ago in my career that it doesn't matter if teams are happy as long as they get the work done. I thought then, and I still think this now, that, man, that is foolish. Happiness, while it may look different to each of us, I believe that if we're happy, and shall I say fired up in what we do, This will lead to higher performance. Leanne Rogers, founder of Better Teams, is an expert at helping you create happy and high-performing teams. We give you insights, share a framework, and get you excited about how you can use these tools in your day-to-day leadership. Leanne, thank you for joining me on the People Managing People podcast. We're going to be talking about three ways to cultivate a happy and high-performing team. Man, that has piqued my curiosity. When I saw this uh, the, the application form come through, I went, okay, what are those three things? I, I have an idea in my mind of what they could be, but I'd love to hear about your expertise uh, around this. But before we get into that, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about who you are, what you're up to, what's kind of top of mind for you these days?
1: Thanks, Tim. I'm glad to be here. So, a little bit about me. So, I'm Leanne Rogers, and I love working with teams and leaders who want to build happy and high performing teams. It's just a passion and an interest of mine that has been there forever. And so, I do that through both uh, workshops, like leading team building workshops, and also I do a lot of leadership training and some coaching. Uh, and I also train facilitators and coaches who want to work with teams and want to use a, a model and an assessment with teams. So, it's um, it's fun. I get to do a, work with some really amazing people and learn from different clients and different facilitators, and and then share that with uh, other ones.
0: Well, I think it's 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 fun and maybe a little unique in from what I've experienced in in the leadership training world is that I, I've I've heard high performing teams so often but the happy in front of that happy and high performing team. So we're going to get into that. And if you're listening today, you know, we're going to be talking about that happy side of uh, high performance as well. But uh, for those who listen to this show uh, regularly, you know, I like to ask two questions and uh, more to maybe it's a little self-serving my own curiosity, but I like to ask, what does leadership mean to you? What does it mean to be a leader?
1: That's such a good question. So to me, to be a leader is to inspire people towards a vision. And that vision might be a small, short, simple vision or a really big vision. But it's all about inspiring people who want to follow you towards some goal, some vision that you have. So it's not about a role. It's about, you know, a way of being that anyone can can practice and, and build the skills to do.
0: Yeah, I love that. It's a way of being, not, not just a role. It's not like, hey, Lan, welcome. You're a new manager. Um, go and now manage all these tasks. It's, it's that way of how do you inspire your team to follow? And, uh, and, and I love that. And, and I'd also love to hear your take on, well, our purpose here at People Managing People is to help build a better world of work. And I am so curious, what, when you hear that, what does that mean to you? What comes to mind?
1: So it's it's a really timely question, too, because I think right now, conversations I have with just so many different teams and leaders of all types, they are struggling right now, right? So it's not necessarily a better working world. And the word that comes to my mind is wanting to have more joy at work, which may sound flighty or light. I just know so many people that are, are miserable right now and disengaged and just... um overwhelmed. And so figuring out ways to minimize that so that people can have more joy. We spend how many hours at work, right? So many hours at work. And for me, most of the time I love what I do and I get a lot of joy and it actually energizes me. And so um, it's always sad to me to see teams or leaders or people who feel like, oh my gosh, I just can't wait till Friday afternoon gets here and I dread Monday morning. So how do we build more um, joy into the work world so we can enjoy what we're doing?
0: I saw an image on LinkedIn quite recently and it was the days of the week and it had just the human emotion or somebody had the emotions and how Monday was, you know, the, the, the image was blue. Like that, the human face was, was blue. And as the week got on, you could see the joy build up until, you know, Friday, Saturday was so much fun. Sunday was again, starting to look almost like that dread. And I'm like, oh, that, that, that hurt. It hurt seeing that, that, uh, you know, how do we, but how do we do that? And, and I think that lends itself into our conversation today is the three ways to cultivate a happy and high-performing team. And I think joy ties into that.
1: I think so too. In fact, when you say that, it makes me laugh because I have a friend who always talks about having the Sunday scaries. You know, like, oh, I don't mm. want to go to bed on Sunday night. I'm going to stay up really late doing watching TV or whatever it is and because I don't want to go to bed because that means I have to wake up tomorrow and start the week. And that's that sense of dread. Yeah. So how do we minimize that? How do we work through that? Because there are, yeah, there's so many ways to do that. If you put that as an intention.
0: Yeah. It's that sense of dread. I've, I've been there.
1: We all have, right? We've all had moments where we're like, oh, I don't want to do this tomorrow. Yeah. yeah.
0: It's like, oh, am I sick today? Maybe I'm sick today. No, <laughs> I'm not sick today. <laughs> and, uh and so when you pitched this, this idea, three ways to cultivate a happy and high-performing team. You know, I'm going to ask, what are those three ways? Tell us a little bit about that. And, and but also, why is it important? Maybe we'll start there. Why is it important for a team to actually be happy?
1: Oh, great point. And sometimes people go, oh, happy feels so, like, does it really matter if they're happy as long as they're getting the job done? And it does. And and here's why. As simple as as it is, of course, a team needs to be high performing, right? They've got to meet their goals. They've got to meet their targets. They've got to be successful in that or, or the organization won't do well. So that's, of course. And though, if they are not happy, the team members are not happy, they're going to do one of two things. They're going to quit and go somewhere else. We're seeing mass exodus, right? The great, the great uh, resignation, right? Lots of people are leaving or starting businesses or just retiring because they're just like, they're done. And that's a problem because then we have to find people and fill those positions and work understaffed. And people are working understaffed like crazy right now. I talk mm-hmm. to leaders all the time. We're short-staffed by this many people talking to a leader earlier this morning, the two people above her have retired. And um, now they're uh, all scrambling to try to get the, the work done and the change. So people will quit and leave or, Tim, even worse, they'll quit and stay. And e- either be what this new term of like out in the literature right now, this quiet quitting, which is really another way of saying they're disengaged, right? They're, they're just to do their job and nothing else. Check, check, check the box, ring the bell at 459 and go home. And so you get this kind of a a team that's just doing enough, but not excited by what they're doing, not contributing, not really thinking of new ways. That's not really healthy or, or sustainable for the long run to have a high performing team or even worse Tim, they, they quit and they, I mean, excuse me, they stay and they get grumbly and negative and complainy. I mean, have you ever heard of a team, and I'm sure you maybe even bet on a team where there was one really negative person that just impacted the entire culture of the team. Everybody was brought down by that behavior.
0: Oh, absolutely. I I recall my first venture into management and leading a team, and uh, there was somebody who was always critical, always negative, found, found things wrong with everything. And it took a while, probably way too long. I mean, I was in over my head leading this team and, and, uh, and having to pull this person aside and having a conversation with them because it just affected the whole culture of the team. I mean, people were still hitting their goals, but people were not excited. People come to the office and this was back in the day when we still had offices and, uh, and that every member of the team would sit down, kind of nod at each other, put their headphones on. And that was it. That was their day.
1: How do you build a happy culture and a high-performing culture if people are avoiding meetings or dreading meetings because one person tends to bring it down? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So that's why, to me, it's absolutely critical, just as important as being high-performing, is to have happiness because you want people that are engaged and fulfilled and connected. And that's how you keep and sustain a happy team and a a high-performing team.
0: Uh, I'm curious, from your perspective, how do you define happy? What, do, what does happiness even mean?
1: Thanks. And I, I think I actually uh, just gave it away. So let me tell you again. So I look at three characteristics for a happy team. The first one is, and I'll go high level here, and then we can go deeper if you want, Tim. But first one is, is the team feeling connected, right? Do they feel connected to each other, to the leader, to their work? But is there a sense of connection? And This is where inclusion can fit into, right? Do I feel connected and included? That's big, uh, bigger for some people than others, but pretty important to most people. The second element of happy to think about is, are, is the team member engaged? Are they, um, do they enjoy, do they not have all the things that we just talked about? Do they not dread going to work on Monday morning or whatever day they start? Are they looking forward to it? Are they able to play in their strengths and get into the flow, you know, that sense where you're like time flies by because you're enjoying what you're doing and you, you are excited by what you're doing, at least most of the time. So we want teams that are connected. We want teams that feel engaged in their work. And we also want teams to feel, members to feel fulfilled. Do they feel fulfilled? And there's so much research out there right now about this as well. And one reason people are leaving or quiet quitting, if you will, is because they don't feel fulfilled. It's just a task to do to get a paycheck versus do I feel like what I'm doing here really matters and makes a difference? And it, it, I see the value and I feel valuable. And then the other part of fulfillment is, do I feel like I'm growing or evolving? And am I getting a sense of growth and development and uh, challenge in what I'm doing?
0: Oh, those, I, I love that. Connected, engaged, and fulfilled. It's, it sounds so simple, yet as a, as a leader, whether you're leading a team or leading your HR department, who now has to go and make sure everybody is, you know, or every, every leader is, is trained on this. Connected, engaged, and fulfilled. Which, which one, where do we start? I think which one comes first, because we could, you know, we could try to do move the needle on all three, or is there one specific area that we should be starting at?
1: Oh, and that's such a hard question, because it it really kind of does depend on the team, right? I'll often ask groups when I do like larger sessions or training, you know, which is most important to you. And it it can be, most people say all of them, by the way, if given the choice, but if you only had to start, where do you start? I think it would always depend and you'd want to think or check with the team. To me. The easiest one to start with is connected because that's about, are we literally making space to meet together, to connect together, to have a chance to talk together? And we can talk more about what that means to people. Cause that can be everything from like light flippant. I just want to connect on a person-to-person basis to him and find out what you did this weekend and i want you to know that i have a a son that's in college and one that just graduated and things like that or connection can be deeper like are we really connecting about our purpose and what we're doing so everybody likes different level of fun but i think that's the probably the place to start if the team is not happy because that's the easiest one to do and then as you move up like getting engaged that's where you might spend time really thinking about you know where are our strengths and are we playing in those and how can we adjust or flex what we do or who does what on the team so that we feel more engaged? That takes a little more effort and time to do. And then as you get to fulfill, I think that's an individual conversation. Everybody on the team is going to be unique there. And so that's a chance to really dig in and ask each person, are you fulfilled or what would fulfill you or what do you need more of? And so I don't know if I answered your question. Well, see, I can't just pick one. It's hard to end. They're all so important.
0: They're also important. And what's coming to mind for me is, I, th- I think exactly what you said is it depends. It depends on the team. It depends on on where your team is at. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking, okay, do I know anything about my team members? You know, do I know, like you said, that your kids are off to college or something else is going on in life that may be dragging you down a little bit right now? Do we Do we have that sense of connection? And Connection for me might mean something different than connection for you. So you know I'm a vulnerable, probably overshare, you might not be. So if I'm expecting you to overshare, well, now my expectations are out of line as well. So so it's it's really reading your team, engaging that uh, that sense of where people are at. Would you agree?
1: Absolutely in what they want or need, um, and do they feel connected or not? And you might have one person on the team that says, I feel completely connected, and another person that feels very disconnected. And so just like fulfillment in a way, too, there might be different things that each team ever needs to feel connected. So asking and talking and figuring that out, I think it's really important as a leader to figure out, are we really connected? And it's possible that a leader feels very connected to everyone because they're having one-on-ones with everyone or they're having more engagement like that. Um, It's very possible that a team member may not feel as connected to the team members because they're not having those opportunities. And it could also be the reverse. It could be the leaders off going and the team's working really well together. So yeah, we really have to do a little bit of thinking and checking in to find out, yeah, where is this team? Where is my team doing? And then what do we need to do more of or less of?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's if we if we aren't connecting, how do we know our team is engaged or fulfilled? So I think it's, you know, even though it really depends on where to start, but um, for me, it's OK, if I'm leading a team, if I'm coming into a brand new team, um, we need to build that connection. We need to build that foundation in order to know where are we going and how we're going to get there.
1: And Tim, and Tim, connection builds trust, right? So when we feel connected, you know, we when trust is critical to a team, to, to a happy team and to a high-performing team, you've got to have trust. And so one of the ways to begin to build co- uh, trust is to feel truly connected to people.
0: Yeah, it, it's exactly that. And I know, you know, building trust is, well, as as uh, in, in your words, the number one reason team members don't trust leaders is because leaders don't trust them and i know i that was in when when i again when i read your submission for the podcast and i'm like yes this is you're speaking my language here and and so trust is that absolute foundation
1: and if we don't know people well we just interact on work about tasks yeah we it's harder to trust it's harder to build trust it becomes very superficial so connection at a deeper level, again, whatever that means for that team is really important as part of us building relationships and establishing trust and alignment and all of that.
0: This, this lends itself well into a model that you've created, the Better Teams model. And I think we've, we're already talking a little bit about it, but I would love to kind of shift the conversation into the model and, and tell our listeners a little bit more about, about this model and how it can be used.
1: Thanks. So the Better Teams model is something I developed over just years of working with teams and really thinking about what do teams really need to be both happy and high performing. And so there are five basic areas. And we're talking about happy today. And that's one of the five areas, right? So one thing is to be happy. Um, Another area is leadership. And leadership in this assessment isn't about the manager or the team lead. It's really about a mindset and skill set that everyone on the team can have. So is the team, do they have strong communication skills and the ability to communicate with each other? Do they, are they accountable? Do they, do they, are they accountable for what they say they will do and also holding each other accountable? And also are they accountable for the team, not just themselves, but accountable for their team? And then the third element of leadership is, are they proactive? Are they strategic? Are they forward-looking? Are they visionary? And so all of those are elements of a team that are critical for ideally everyone to have or build those skills. So we've got happy and we've got leadership. We've also got aligned, a really critical one for a happy team as well, because let me tell you, when the team is not aligned, there is going to be conflict, Um And almost always, there is at least one area that the team is not aligned. So we want to align around our goals and our mission, you know, where we're headed. We want to be aligned around our roles and responsibilities. And almost always, there's at least a little bit of lack of alignment around this, which creates frustration. Because I think, you know, you're supposed to do it and you think I'm supposed to do it. Or we both think we're in charge of it and we're competing. And then the other area of alignment is around methods and processes. So how we work together, you know, literally our behaviors and our norms, all the way up to like how we do our jobs and how we meet. So we've got happy leadership aligned. And then the fourth element is ready. So is the team ready to do the work? And if they're not ready, they're not going to be very happy either. You can see how all of these like just they, they connect to each other too. So readiness is around, are they equipped Do they have the tools, the technology, the access to information? Do they have the people resources to do the job? Are they competent? Do they have the skills and abilities to do their job? And are they adaptive and flexible? uh and able to you know to adapt to change. And right now we're seeing, you know, so many teams are just burnt out on change that they used to be really adaptive. And now they're like, you know, not so much, right? We're kind of tired and burnt out. So you're gonna throw another change at me. Ugh, and they just, you know, have those Sunday scaries. And then the last element, the last one of the five is trust. And trust is the on this model and I'll, I'll send it to you, Tim, and you can share it in the show notes with them. But the last and the one that goes around the whole thing is trust. And that's because all the things that we just talked about cultivate trust. Being happy and connected cultivates trust. Being aligned around how we work together cultivates trust. Being accountable and communicating, et cetera. All of these, all of these lend to trust. And so we're ultimately trying to get a team that has high trust, which means we're candid and open with each other. We can have tough conversations. We can disagree and work through that. We're vulnerable with each other. We're able to say, I don't know. I'm not sure. I need help. I'm overwhelmed right now so that team members can support each other. And we're also interdependent. Like we're collaborative. We ask for feedback. We don't work in silos, but we really want to work together and we see the value in that. So those are the five areas kind of quickly of the Better Teams model. And I know today we're really honing in on that fun and happy piece that we, we both think is kind of special
0: yeah well, I thanks for walking us through the model and yes, definitely we will be putting in uh the model into the show notes, a link to your website and a link to for people to to get in contact with you and it, it's fascinating as you're describing this, I think about happiness and how it does lend itself to well, all the elements at least in my in my mind is you know if we're not if we're not happy if we're not feeling that sense of fulfillment how how do we build that trust? How do, do we ensure that we are aligned? If, you know, if a leader comes in and thinks, oh, we're, we're, you know, we have a happy team and is pitching the mission and the vision of where we're going. People just shrug their, shrug their shoulders just to just let me get my job done so I can go home today. Um, yeah. It, it's, it's a lot rooted in that sense of, of happiness.
1: Yeah. That's what drives us, right? That happiness energizes us. Happiness is where we get our our fuel to want to work and be a part of something and do hard things, so I think it's really um, a critical piece
0: yeah i'm i'm curious i'm, I'm going to throw this out at you and and see if uh put you on the spot a little bit I'm curious if you can share an example maybe of a team that was really struggling with uh, with feeling connected and in- Engage that sense of fulfillment. The three elements uh, to cultivate a happy and high-performing team, where you saw that maybe that level of disengagement to actually becoming a happy and high-performing team. You know, don't no need to go into company names or anything like that. But I'm just curious about, you know, how did it get to that state, and what was the the timeline, or even to to get to to that uh, ultimate happiness?
1: Yeah. Oh, my gosh, pick one. That's tough. So let me think of a specific team. Um, And this is a team who was a new leader had come in. A new leader had been promoted from within. And they'd worked together for um, a while, uh, several years. And they were, I would say, a very high-performing team. However, not necessarily super happy all the way around. I would say they got a lot of fulfillment from the work that they did because it was a mission-driven type of team. Um, And they liked what they did. They weren't, though, feeling super connected. They were all very much working in silos and off just busy doing their own thing. So there was a lack of a sense of connection um, and sometimes alignment, too, around who was doing what. And then sometimes when you think about how they would communicate outside the team as well, they weren't always communicating the same message because they weren't connecting and talking and sharing with each other. And so they didn't always have the same message. So it didn't always look good uh, for that team as far as how they showed up. Like, are you all on the same page or not? Why is one of you saying this and one of you not saying this, right? And so they recognized a need that to be more connected. And now for this team, there were some people on the team that that meant I want to know about your family and I just want to spend more time with you. And and other people, it was like, eh, I don't really need to know all that, but I want to know more about the work that you're doing. And, you know, I want to learn from that and how it might impact what I'm doing and vice versa. So they had to kind of negotiate with each other and kind of find a way to find a balance so that there was some connection for those people who were more social in nature and just really missed, you know, human interaction like that. Um, but not so much of that but it was just like uh, it felt like overwhelming or like a waste of time for those people who didn't need that Um, and they would also connect and do things like take turns sharing like here's what I'm up to and here's what I've learned and here's what I'm doing and they would be able to ask each other questions and learn from that and then they would be more aware so it was a combination of them just being aware of what each person wanted or needed where that aligned and then experimenting, like practicing and saying, let's try this. Let's see how it works. And then reassessing, which I think is so important for teams to do about all of these things, right? Let's go in and experiment and try something out and then make adjustments. Because, you know, Tim, like Tim's, teams never like, just get to be like, okay, we're the perfect team now and stay that way forever, right? Any system's going to have ups and downs, like the stock market, right? Maybe I shouldn't talk about the stock market right now. (laughs) But, you know, it's ups and downs. It's ups and downs. Mm -hmm. But what we want to see over time is, you know, improvement and upwards. But um, those are some ideas.
0: Yeah, I, I love that. There's a couple words that stand out. The connection, alignment, awareness, experiment. I mean, those are four for big words. And so if you're listening to this, it's like, wow, okay, so I need to build connection and alignment. Again, connection to me doesn't necessarily mean the same thing as it does to you. So I think it's as a leader, it's creating that space, creating that opportunity for people to share. Hey, what's, what's top of mind for you? What's going on? What's, what's going on in, in, your, in your world? You know, if somebody wants to just talk about work, that's fine. If somebody wants to talk a little bit about what's going on in their life, that's fine. But building that and that awareness, and I love the experiment. And, you know, we've here at People Manage People, we're a really small team. We've had to experiment. We wanted to, we had very aggressive goals for for our growth and create space for people to try new things. And, but also to, we've recently just took stock of, is this giving you energy? Is this really playing into your strengths and realizing like, okay, some of this work is is not. So what do we do? How do we then, you know, outsource that? Or maybe it's time to bring in some new talent or, 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 but, but having that conversation is so important.
1: It is because we don't know what we don't know, right? And we all have blind spots and we all have biases. And um, even I think I find leaders who think they really know their team well, there's almost always a blind spot or something that surprises them. Uh, if they start to do more assessment work or looking closer into what a team is going, and so it's just really important that we all realize we're all we're all limited and we all have bias, so we don't really know everything and And mm-hmm. so engaging and talking about that as a team and or individually is really the only way to figure to figure out the path forward that's going to be as helpful and happy to most people as possible.
0: Absolutely. And I think of when I started my career, we were in the office. We all, you know, commuted into an office. We're able to almost read each other, the body language, the emotion that we're sharing on our on our on our face, and and you know, almost be able to see if our people engaged or disengaged. And now that we are, you know, the world is sort of shifted into either a hybrid or people are working from wherever. Has the way we looked at happiness and high performing changed.
1: Oh, that's interesting. So to me, the fundamentals are the same. Like if, if, if you looked at the better teams model, all of those are are the same, whether it's hybrid or remote or not. What's changed, I think for a lot of teams is because they're now, um, either fully remote or at least hybrid. If we stick with our focus on happy in that connection piece It's so much more difficult to build connections when you're all working from your home office and may or may not even interact or come into, you know, passing each other in the hall. It's harder. Like you have to be so much more intentional around building opportunities to connect in a meaningful way. And at the same time, struggling with the fact that everyone I talk to is completely already overwhelmed. And so the idea of connecting with another meeting can just be like, oh my gosh, you're just asking me to have another meeting. I'm already overwhelmed with work. I just want to get it done. So it's figuring out how do we creatively connect with people, especially when we're not in the office and even when we are in the office. And again, everybody, every team is going to find different things that work for them.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, just throwing in a, you know, a late afternoon on a Friday team building Zoom meeting might not actually uh, be that uh, the, driving the connection that that you think it might be. People might be just going like, no, it's end of day Friday. If you want me to do team building, let me hang up and I'll just go and hang out with my friends and family, and uh, and that actually might contribute to the happiness of your team. And so, you know, just because you might be craving it as a leader or I might be craving it doesn't mean your team's actually uh, craving that connection.
1: Right. And then other teams might be, that's exactly what they want and need to do is have a happy hour on Friday afternoons. Yeah. I think this is where we can get like really creative. So just to share some like broad examples here, and again, Mm -hmm. you had to figure out with the team, but certainly meeting is a way to connect, right? Whether we're meeting one-on-one with people or in groups. And by the way, meetings don't always have to be for an hour. Um, that's one way to connect. Another simple way to connect is at the beginning of meetings and a lot of leaders do this, just spending the first 10 or 15 minutes with some sort of a meaningful connection activity. And these can be light and fun, kind of icebreakers, or these can be more like, I loved your question earlier, like just what's going on with you right now. Um, and so this is a great way too, to just intentionally spend a little bit of time on the connection before you dive into the the work work, if you will. And I have, by the way, Tim, so many like simple, easy icebreakers. Um, I blog about this all the time. I've been doing this for five years. And so if anybody wants uh, free, easy ideas, go to better-teams.com and check out my blogs. Uh, Like I'll give you one example too, because I always love examples in a webinar. One example Mm -hmm. is you put, um, and you could use a slide or you could just say, but one big, little big. And so what's one little and big thing that dot, dot, dot? And you could say, is going on with you this week? Is happening for you at work? What's one little and big thing you like about this team? I mean, you could decide what that was and adjust it for your team, but it's one little thing and one big thing. And that's just kind of a creative way to get people sharing and expressing. So yeah, and the last thing I was going to say here, I know I, I got excited and I could talk about this forever, is uh, it might be to connecting around... Um, like having more, having so we talked about meetings or at the beginning of a meeting or, oh, I know what I was going to share. Like the idea of like Slack, like I know teams who uh, we either use Teams, like a special channel in Teams or Slack or something like that, um, that's it, just for fun stuff, right? just for fun stuff so they have all their ways of working and connecting around work but there's one channel that's just hey let me show you a picture of my vacation or look what my kid did or here's my dog being cute or whatever it is and there's just one way to do that so it's not mixing into the work like text or streams it's separated and it's a fun way for people working remote or even if they're working across different time zones they can connect in this way uh in people can connect more or less depending on how much they like, but that's just a, another example of a way to connect without having an actual meeting.
0: Yeah. It's, I, I love that, that sense of, that sense of fun and being able to, again, with your technology, encouraging it. And if, if you're not seeing a lot of action in that channel, leaders, HR, uh, heads of HR, if you're, wherever you are in the organization, you got to start. You can't just wait for somebody else to oh I'll just wait for somebody else to you just got to contribute start adding in the fun things or the silly things or whatever it is that uh, that you're seeing I mean I don't think anybody's going to say you're you're posting too many fun things I'm laughing too hard today um but uh but I think having that that sense of fun and it is it's so important and it contributes to our happiness and an example here at People Manage People, we belong to a larger company called Black and White Zebra, and we have we're we're hybrid. We're in and out of the office where most of us are, and uh, and we have some office snacks. The team recently there's a few people in the office. I was on vacation, but there's three people in the office, and they ran out of mixed nuts. So instead of sending a Slack message saying "Hey, we ran out of mixed nuts," they actually produced a really high quality video, scripted it out, narrated it about this whole, uh, how it was affecting them and, and how, you know, it was just, it was fun. They had so much fun doing it. The rest of the company just, uh, had so much fun watching it. And a person on my team was, was part of that process. And, and I was like, how do we do more of this instead of going, well, you could have used that four hours for something else. It was for me, it was, I saw the joy that this brought you. How can we, how can we do more of that? Because I know it then contributed to her state of mind for the rest of the day.
1: And they bonded, right? They bonded doing that. Now they have a fun memory. I mean, I think a way to see is a team bonding is yeah, do they have stories and memories and inside jokes? And you know, that sense of that's what creates like a culture, that sense of team over the long run. So that's something they'll laugh about for a long, yeah. long time to come. I love that. Oh story. yeah.
0: And 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 we we know that other people are scheming now ways to create some videos even on uh, through you know we we've got a team around the globe so how can we then create some some fun videos and some fun interactions to 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 bring up our happiness and to bring up that as you said right from the beginning that joy and that sense of joy does create high performance when we see that engagement and so as we're as we're wrapping up if we're Leading a team, and and we know that we need to. We're bought into this, okay? We we believe that cultivating a happy, and we we need to cultivate a happy and high performing team. Where do we start? And I know we kind of touched on this a little bit earlier as those three elements, but is there somewhere else that we should be thinking about starting? Should we just, yeah? I'll just leave it there, and 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 yeah, I'd love to hear your.
1: Well, I think we've got to figure it out, right? We've got to figure it out, and so. Uh, like we said, we're all biased and we have blind spots. So how, how can we figure it out? I think there's three ways as a leader um, to go in and figure this out. One is we can observe. Like, what are we noticing and seeing our team doing? Do they seem happy? Are they you know, working together? Are they, you know, is there a lot of conflict on the team? We can make observations and then we can make an educated guess on how our teams are doing around connection, engagement and fulfillment. And that's important to start with and that's very limited, right? So the next step up would be you could ask them, You know, individually, I'd have these conversations with with an individual team member and collectively because they might have different responses uh, for different ones. So it might be, as a team, how are we doing? Are we connecting enough? Where do we want to connect more? What do we want to connect about? How do we want to connect? You know, are we engaged? Are we all playing in our strengths? Is there a way we could uh, share work or trade off work or or hire an external person to help us? So all of these things could be asked as a group, but also individually, like in your one-on-ones with a team person, you know know, how do you, do you feel connected to me or not? Do you need more time with me or not? Because a lot of people will tell you they don't feel connected to their leader um, and yet they don't want to burden their leader. So they reach out only as minimally as they can because they know how busy and overwhelmed their leader is and yet they feel very disconnected. So that's, that's something to be mindful of. So asking, so we can observe, we can ask, or a higher level way to really get thorough information And to be clear, and then actually have some metrics would be to do an assessment to assess the team on how they're doing. And so you could use, for example, there's an assessment that goes along with a model of the better teams model. And, you know, one of the areas it assesses is how do we think we're doing with connection, engagement and fulfillment? And then you have some data around how the team sees themselves, and you would use this assessment as an opportunity to go in and talk to the team around, wow, what are we doing really well here? Where are we strong? Where are we happy? Let's keep doing that, right? And then also, where are our greatest opportunities, and what do we want to work on to be more happy? And this is where every team is going to be completely different, what that means to them. Uh, And so, I think assessing is a great way to really get a broad view of a team, some really good information that you use as a conversation starter to work on where are our opportunities? And then ultimately, what are the actions we're going to take? Because if we don't have actions, nothing's going to change, right? So how do we, what are we going to do? What are we going to try, experiment with to build this happy team?
0: And we can measure till we're, till we've measured everything, but without action. And I, and I love that. And that has been such a, Theme throughout the last um, oh probably ten or so episodes, regardless of the topic, is if we don't assess, we don't measure. How do we know what do we need to change? What how how well are we actually doing? But action builds trust, creates trust, right? Whether you're, I for me, uh, I I give trust right away. I'm not. This would be a whole other episode about the definition of trust, but, you know, but I do know leaders that you need to earn my trust. And so how do you do that? Action.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's also empowering to have the conversation and to allow the team. It's one thing if the leader looked at the assessment and said, oh, here's our strengths and weaknesses. Here's what we're going to do. Or a consultant came in and said, here's what you should do. Ooh, nobody wants to be told. It's a whole different thing. And inspiring and empowering for a team to get to debrief and look at their own data and decide collectively, here's what we want to do. Like that's empowering, that's inspiring, um, and that's uplifting. And I've seen teams that have been really like unhappy and not excited at all about doing a better team's assessment because it was keeping them away from their quote real work. Leave a session after, after, you know, working through and deciding here's the three things that we think will make our team better. And they were excited now because they got to pick and choose. And so instead of being told, they were like, you know, I did this. I picked this. It's a great way to, it's a great way to engage a team and make sure it's the right thing. Because it's only right if the team thinks it's right.
0: I love that. It's only right if the team thinks it's right. If, If you're listening to that and that really strikes a chord with you is, you know, if it's only right if I say it's right. No, no, no. That's, that's a wrong model. It's only right if the team thinks it's right. And being able to hold a session, twenty minutes, half an hour, bring it into your team meeting, and ask for ideas, and just leave it there. Don't don't go in and try to fill up the the white space, the the blank uh, the the blank space with all your ideas. Just propose the question. I love that.
1: You want a really simple. Let's give everyone a really simple tool here. Even just assessing your own team meetings. At the end of the meeting, save five minutes. And once you do this once or twice, it gets really fast because people know what you're going to do. But you say, okay, let's assess the team meeting that we just are finishing up now. On a scale of one to five, how effective was this as a use of your time? One, it was a waste of time, and five being it was an excellent use of my time. And then if it's anything less than a five, what would make the next meeting better? And so now you're going to hopefully hear eventually five, five, five. But if you get a four, it's like, well, it would have been really great if we'd had this information ahead of time. And someone might say, well, three, because we're missing three critical people. And so we really couldn't make a decision. And all of these things, though, are going to tell you, like, what would be better next time is we need to have the right people in the room or we need to have a clearer agenda or we need to have more time or we try whatever it is. It's a way to listen to your team figure out what, what would make it better. And then just keep tweaking and experimenting with your meetings. And it doesn't take very long at all to do that.
0: No. And what a way to, to even end this episode on is just, is to get vulnerable as a leader. You know, you're leading that meeting. Maybe you've done 20 minutes of the 30 minutes of talking, um, be open and honest, uh, and, and be accepting of what people have to say um, because if if people are feeling that man, this is just a giant waste of time, they're probably not that happy. And so again, it's coming down to that ask, but be vulnerable, be willing to to accept the the narrative and the words that that you're hearing in order to drive that that change within your team.
1: I love that, and if I can just add, that makes me think, Tim. I love what you just said leaders don't have to figure it all out, be the one to come in and say, this is it. They need a vision, right? This is The vision is we want to be happy and high-performing. And then engaging the team to figure out the how, it's easier for the leader and it's better for the team because they're now empowered. So it's a win-win to figure it out together.
0: Absolutely. It, it is a win-win and, and that does help build and cultivate a happy and performing team. So Leanne, thanks again for coming on the episode. I've taken a lot. I've, uh, for those who are listening to this, I've been scribbling notes and ideas even for, to bring into my own team. And, and I need to ask those questions. I think everyone's happy, but I need to ask the question. And so I encourage you today, if you're driving into work or listening to this on your commute or wherever you are, ask that question. Just uh, again, get vulnerable. So then remind us again uh, where people can track you down.
1: Yeah. So you can find me at my website is better-teams.com. I'm on LinkedIn as well. You can find me there and uh, yeah, find me. I've got lots of free resources on the site for people who do team building or are leaders and want some ideas.
0: That's fantastic. And and yes, we'll, we'll definitely be putting that in the show notes as well and sharing it out on on our social once uh, once this episode is, is out. So thanks again for coming on. And for those who are listening, we always appreciate your feedback. I love hearing from you. You can send me an email to tim at peoplemanagingpeople.com or track me down on LinkedIn. And and I love to connect with our audience and and tell me how I can do better as well as a a host or tell me the topics you'd, you'd love to hear. So with that, I hope everyone has an amazing day. And thanks again, Leanne.
1: Thank you, Tim. Have a great day too.